0: This is episode number 53, The Three Wins, with Diana Mosier. Welcome. My name is Oleg Lohid, and this is the Overcoming Odds Podcast, where you get a glimpse into the stories of individuals who have overcome adversity, suffering, and struggle in achieving their personal success. This podcast was built by you and for you, to help you overcome adversity, suffering, and struggle in achieving your fullest potential. Before I introduce today's guest, I'd like to make a brief announcement and invite all of our listeners to an upcoming event on March 16th in Ann Arbor, Michigan. An event where you'll get a chance to connect with hundreds of people who are going through a similar transformation that you are. An event where you'll get a chance to hear from speakers from all over the country, including Adele Harris, Erica Curry Van E, Ebony Watson, Gina Surgeon, and myself included. For more information, please go to overcoming odds.today forward slash seeing is believing. Now let's get back to our guest. On today's episode, we'll get a chance to discuss. Ways Diana was able to overcome early memories of sexual abuse, develop self-confidence, and build empathy. Without further ado, please welcome Diana Mosier. Today's guest is someone who I met through a mutual friend of ours, Rhonda, who has been a huge supporter support of our work. And we we're very fortunate to be connected to with her to begin with. And the person that I would like to introduce on today's show whose story has inspired me and I hope it does the same thing for a lot of the listeners who are tuned into today's episode is Diana Mosher. So without further ado, I'd like to introduce you onto the show. Diana, welcome to the show.
1: Thank you so much. I appreciate you having me on. It's a very, very a huge honor.
0: Absolutely. I appreciate you being on our platform and being able to share your story. Um, the way that I would like to start off this episode is slightly different than what I've done in the past. And that is the question that I would like to begin this conversation with is for those who aren't familiar with your story or your background, would you be willing to share a little bit about your past, your upbringing and how those things have influenced the type of person that you're becoming today?
1: Absolutely. Actually, um, I'm actually quite proud of it. So it's, it, you wouldn't think I would be proud of it, but I am, I am actually. So, um, I was sexually molested from the time I was five years old to 15 years old. Um, I was raised by my stepfather who was a very respected firefighter paramedic. And, uh, so, you know, he was two people. So half of him was an amazing, he's brilliant at his job. He was brilliant. And, and all of my friends loved him and, and that kind of thing. I get into that later, but when I'm when I'm five years old, you know, it kind of begins. And um, one of the things, my dad was very, very strict in our household. So you had to pick up your toys. So everybody has to pick up their toys, right? You know, you leave a mess, you pick it up. So that, that was kind of taught to us early on. Well, I'm five years old. I'm in my room. I'm sleeping. He drank a lot. So he went out a lot when he was not working. Mm-hmm. And he would come home. And frequently, he would just come and wake me up and get mad at me and tell me, go pick up your toys, because he was mad. So, you know, this particular time, and this is the first time I can remember, and I'll describe things as wins. And this is what kind of carries me through on my story. Mm. Um, my first win was at five years old. He woke me up. He says, come on out to the living room. You left some toys out. So I'm like, oh, and I'm panicked. And I run out there. Well, when I get there, the fireplace is lit. The lights are dim. It's kind of a weird vibe that I'm getting. And, you know, just my little, in my little baby five-year-old intuition just kind of gets alerted and says, what's going on? Well, I start picking up my toys and he puts me on his lap. He says, well, that can wait for a second. So I'm like, okay, well, I don't know what's going on. Well, he, he tries to, you know, push my head in a direction. I don't want to go. I'm not comfortable with, Mm -hmm. um, I immediately close my mouth. He holds my nose to try and open my mouth. And at five years old, I'm brilliant enough to learn. I can breathe through my teeth. And that was a huge win for me because he got mad. He threw me off of his lap, but I didn't have to do anything. He told me to get to my room. That was my very first win because, I mean, we can all agree that, you know, I if I didn't have to do anything, I won in that little battle. Oh, yeah. Now, it doesn't happen all the time. Fast forward. I'm um, eight years old, getting a little more creative. My grandparents used to go to Circus Circus in Vegas and they'd get me these stuffed animals that were, um, you know, like a big lion and a big giraffe. And I think you can yeah, well, you can't see it now, but <laughs> there's audio, but there's a giraffe hanging behind my head. But anyhow, um, I, I would uh, set up like an obstacle course because I knew that when he went out, he was coming for me when he got home. So the way my door opened, if you can imagine, my front, my bedroom door opens, there's a closet door that opens a little bit. So if my bedroom door hits the closet door, that makes a noise. The closet door opens, I have a sparklets water bottle, that makes a noise. He trips over that. He runs into my lion. He runs into my giraffe, and he falls on the floor. The whole point to all of that is, by the time he gets to my bed, I can give myself permission to wake up and say, "Dad, what's up?"
0: Mm. Then he
1: leaves me alone. Then I don't. Then he then he isn't coming for me where he thinks I'm asleep.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: You know what I mean? And, and that that was another win for me. Uh, the the other the last big win, and this was the final win for me um, from this for the sexual abuse standpoint um i'm 15 years old i had my first job where i you know making i don't know all of like 575 an hour or something like that and and um, i think i can run the world at this point hey i can get my sister my mom we can move out you know i'm working at the movie theater making popcorn now (laughs) so uh, i thought i i made it but um i came home from work and he's he my my, i had a couch when you come my front door and he's standing over the couch my sister was sick that day and his hands are around my sister's throat and he's choking her. I immediately go in, I, I watch a lot of fighting, by the way, I'm very competitive. But <laughs> I go underneath his neck and in a chokehold position and I lifted him up because it was just, I had the right angle at that point because he's leaning over the couch. So I lifted him up and I threw him on the floor. Now, I'm not, I'm 15, so I'm not that strong, but it was, you know, it was probably physics.
0: Uh-huh. and So
1: I was able to get him on the floor and stop the progress. That was a huge win because he got really mad, shoved me up against the wall and said, don't you, colorful language, ever do that to me again. Well, I repeated in the same tone, used the same language he would understand, and I said, don't you ever put your hands on my sister or myself ever again. He never did, in a sexual way, put him his hands on myself or my sister ever again. Wow. You know, you know for, so that was kind of my third win. And, and I think probably from the chokehold thing that I did, it it put something in me that i just kind of started eating healthier i started going to the gym i cared about how strong i had become and you know that kind of was that's kind of the three big wins for my story
0: Mm -hmm. when did it make sense for you to look at your story in those terms as far as you were able to get concrete takeaways and lessons learned and more so i guess the wins because you know one of the things i guess that i'm learning throughout this journey is that when you go through a tra- certain set of traumatic experiences, it is hard to be able to step back and say, okay, these are the things that happened to me, but what are the things that I learned from that? Is, the, is there a time or instance that kind of made sense for you as far as, okay, yes, those things have happened to me, but here's what I can do with them?
1: I, I think incrementally,
0: mm-hmm.
1: um, it, each win gave me hope and made sense. So mm. it kind of so, you know, it's kind of like when you're going through elementary school and math does not make sense. And then it finally makes a little more sense in junior high, makes a little more sense in high school. You see what I'm saying? And then mm-hmm. so by the time you're you're of an age where like at 17, I moved out and I realized I could get a job and pay my own rent. Even though I'm 17 years old, I could do that. I think um, you start learning and by no means am I was at that point. Uh, was I no longer terrified Mm -hmm. to, To, for example, walk into a mall and just a regular shopping mall where everybody's oh happy and shopping. And I hate shopping to this day, but (laughs) when, when you, but I don't, the overwhelming amount of people that are there and I would look, I'd have my head down and, you know, today I can stand up and I can walk through confidently and feel okay about that. But that took a long time, you know, just to, but it's confidence. And, and I think, I guess, you know, with every job that I, I had and I, you know, and these kinds of things, sexual abuse and sexual harassment, I experienced all through employment. I all the way and I'm 52. Mm. I just had this a couple of years ago with with another realtor um, is that I experienced sexual harassment. So I don't think that kind of stuff ever goes away. But I think the ability that, that the confidence that I've learned from the wins and. And going to the strength and being, or the gym, I mean, getting that strength and and being strong enough and feeling that confidence, I think is just a learned progression. I don't know that there's a light bulb Oprah moment (laughs) that we all have, you know, that just happens. I think you just kind of start slowly gaining that confidence. Um, I will say uh, when I met Rhonda in 2008, Mm -hmm. um, there's something that, I mean, within 15 minutes of meeting her and I'm a realtor. So in 15 minutes of meeting her, um, I felt some kind of instant connection. And I think the gift that I've been given is empathy. And sometimes I say that I, I feel like I'm living with my insides out, Mm -hmm. if that makes sense. Oh yeah. Because it feels, sometimes it feels so raw that I'm, I get all these, like these vibes from different people. I have several clients that I've that I've helped not only find a house and find their safe place is what I like to say, because I didn't have a safe place growing up, mm-hmm. but I, I've helped them with, a client of mine was dating somebody and his the, the boyfriend they broke up because he was inappropriate with her daughters. Um, I felt something was wrong. She kind of started to open up a little bit and instantly her and I are bonded for life because I sat and listened. You know, I had, you have that empathy, you feel it. Like I don't, I can be in a grocery store and somehow I'm hearing about somebody, she tells me her whole life story and for whatever, I don't know what it is, but it's an empathy thing. I just, I sit and listen, you know?
0: It's so interesting how that happens to you. I mean, I I can 100% relate to that. And I remember when I was first asked this question and it was, what are the skills you need in order to thrive in today's world? And one of the things that I learned over time after asking that question to people is empathy is always at the core of it. Mm-hmm. And then some of the others very like dry self-reliance, but it's always, how can I connect with that person beyond Absolutely. the surface level? Like how do I really get to know who they are? Because yeah. oftentimes as as I'm sure you've encountered, even in places like grocery stores, that's not an ideal environment that is set up for a 30 minute conversation. It's like, you would be lucky if you bump baskets with someone.
1: And that's so true. Nor is the first time you meet a client and you're, you know, showing them, you know, five, six houses, it's raining outside. You're walking your car. It's Mm -hmm. literally sprinkling on your head and somehow it comes up and you're in a conversation deep where they've been abused and I'm 30 minutes deep in a conversation, standing by my car. We're getting soaked and wet, but it doesn't matter. Yeah. You know what I mean? It's mm-hmm. it's just really it's that that person knows that I care because I really really do. Yeah. I really it's 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 the love. It's that the, the uh, something I just feel for. Uh, just it's an empathy. It's the pay it forward, give it back, whatever you want to call it. Um, I just feel I was um, saved. And in a way, you know, as a child, and I feel like I want to make sure that I can share some of whatever it is that I learned, whether it's confidence, strength, um, the ability to just keep winning, find the little tiny wins that you have. You know, I, I mean, you, you come home and, for example, here's a story. I came home one time and my dad had nailed my shoes, literally nailed my shoes to the floor because I didn't pick them up.
0: Mm.
1: Okay. Okay. Well, so that doesn't really solve the problem. No, (laughs) but but believe it or not, the win I took from that was that one, he didn't hit me that day. He just nailed my shoes to the floor. So you have to go, okay, well, all right, I'll learn from that. I'll pick my shoes up next time. I'm still going to wear them. They have a hole in the bottom of them. I'm still going to wear them. But I won because he didn't hurt me in that moment. He thought he hurt me by putting a hole in my shoe. He didn't hurt me. And I took took away from that. You know, it's just a little bit of strength and a little win.
0: Mm -hmm. You spoke a lot about empathy and different ways that you were able to develop it. Do you have any advice or I I guess let's take a step back. Do you think that's something that people are born with? And if not, how can people develop that aspect of themselves? Because it is so critical, I think, to humans in general.
1: That's a really, really great question. (laughs) I I, I I would like to believe that everybody has the ability to have empathy, to develop their own empathy. And I think the way I would think to do that is to think of somebody other than yourself and help another person. When you help another person with anything, whether it's crossing the street and they look at you in a way and say, well, wow, thank you. You didn't have to do that. Mm-hmm. that it's, it, it develops that little thing in your, a little like tick in, in your body. And wow, that felt warm inside. That felt good. I want more of that. You know, because what I think when you, uh, w- or if somebody's crying and you just stop for a second, if you're in a rush or not and stop and just say, hold on, why are you hurting? So for me, I, I think as long as you are trying to help somebody else, you, you, de- you will develop that. At least that's how I believe that you de- develop empathy for other people. Uh-huh. It's just the ability to help someone else feel better, and that kind of in turn, in turns, in turn makes you feel better. I guess. Yeah.
0: What type of role do you think in, in the environment plays in all of this?
1: Gosh, I I, I think it's it's huge. Um, the environment I was in uh, as a little girl, um, for example. Um, I think was instrumental and what I mean by that is there's, I had neighbors, friends of mine that were, uh, we hung out every day. So we were friends and the the friends that I had that I opened up to a little bit here and there, um, they just listened and that was important. And so I think if you really got to find a support system and they were really supportive with me and, and we had a best friend, his name was Bill Beck and he was five, (laughs) five years older than me. And, but you know we we we're, I was a tomboy and we but I learned so much from him we hung out and my friend Lori was there and there's so many friends that I had on that street that I just I made sure that I went and had outside connections mm. as long as I didn't stay in my own head in my own corner of my room um, and I tried to make new connections I think that was really really key for me that that part of the environment and you know growing up Several friends, same thing. You know, I opened up to you know a boyfriend's mom once, and she was just so sweet to me. And uh, she taught me how to put milk in. If you soak milk, no, soak soak fish in milk, Uh you get the fishy taste out. I learned that at seventeen years old. (laughs) I still (laughs) don't
0: know that, so I learned that at twenty six.
1: It's amazing. Anyways, it was it's phenomenal. I I learned a lot. I the environment that I had um, was friendship. And sports and, you know, that kind of thing. Sports was a big deal. Mm-hmm. Get in and get social.
0: Mm-hmm. Do you think, you know, one of the things that I've always been curious when it comes to environment, especially when it comes to people aspect, is when I look back at the type of people that, are, that have and continue to support myself and what I do. And it's really interesting because you look at each person and each person has a different role within your life. Mm -hmm. Just like you said, you have a friend that's only there to listen. Mm -hmm. And I mean, I literally think about it every time I have a conversation with him. He's always... The first thing is that he's a year to listen to. Mm -hmm. You have another person who is there to give advice on certain aspects. You have another one who only shares personal stories. Mm -hmm. So each one gets to almost like define that. Like, Do you think... With something like that, does that consciously happen? Do we con- do we consciously define roles within our environments, and or is that something that we, throughout time, kind of like fall into just naturally?
1: I think it's a little of both because I know that I gravitated towards it almost like depending on the mood you're in. So uh-huh. let's say I'm in a pity party mood or whatever. i mean you know, and, and I have a I have a certain friend that I'm talking to. And even this is even as a little girl, you have a certain friend you're talking to and they're like the, oh, oh, it'll be okay. Mm -hmm. that kind of thing. And then you're, you're doing the same thing maybe a couple days later and you're talking to another friend and that personality is one of suck it up, buttercup. Mm. You're going to be fine. Pick up, pick yourself up, give yourself, you know, an hour or two to suck it up and then move forward. Or, you know what I mean? I think you, you almost pick. Different friends, kind of like what you just said, you have this friend to listen, this friend, you know, it's kind of like, um, I think you just naturally develop that, you know, within different friends. Everybody has different personalities and you, you know what I mean? Even yourself, you have different personalities. You have different time. Mood is different. So I think in, in depending on the mood that you're in and the people that you're around, you might make a friend that matches that or Mm -hmm. helps you, if that makes sense. Or
0: fulfills a certain whole... Exactly. That you need fulfilled in that particular time. Yes. Final thought for today's episode, and this is a question I ask all of our guests. When the odds are completely against you, what are some core fundamental principles that you always refer to?
1: <laughs> that's that's good. I think I think actually I vacillate on this back and forth, but I, I think I I go back and I know that I won as a child. I know that I'm here and I'm strong and I think I just have to go back and believe that everything works out. It always does. And I have enough faith. I have faith in God. I have faith in myself. Um, and, and I have a really good support system around me and I just kind of really rely on all of that. That's incredible.
0: (laughs) Diana, how do people find you and how do people stay connected to your work? And what are some of the things that you have coming up that people might be able to see in person as well?
1: Uh, I'm, well, I'm a realtor. I'm a realtor in Orange County, California. And um, I have a website, dianamosier.com, And they can always check in there. I'm also on Facebook, Instagram, and <laughs> all social media. So they mm-hmm. could do that. Um, currently, I'm looking for a couple women's retreats to speak at. So I I think what, it'll all be on the website. Also, Successful Survivors Foundation. Um, I'm a part of that in the Successful Survivor Speakers Bureau. So so I'm Amazing. pretty proud of
0: it as well. Thank you so much. Well, thank you for being such a wonderful guest and sharing your story with us.
1: Thank you so much for having me. I appreciate it.
0: Thank you all for listening to today's episode. I hope you enjoyed it as much as I did. If you haven't done so already, feel free to subscribe to our weekly newsletter so you can receive all of our latest stories, featured episodes, and ways you can be involved with overcoming odds. Once again, thank you for listening, and we look forward to having you next week.